right, friends, uh, welcome to 10 Minutes in the Field. Right here with me is uh, Mr. Peter Vakai. Peter Vakai is a legend <laughs> in, uh, in ministry. He's been used of God to reach several people in Africa. And uh, I just want us to be able to listen to his testimony and see how God called him in ministry, how God saved him. Um, and uh, during this whole time, what I want you guys to notice and remember and keep at the center of this interview is watch out and listen to what God does. Not necessarily what men do, but what God does in people's lives. And I pray that uh, at the end of this all, you will be You'll be encouraged you'll be you'll be able to go out and just serve god with whatever gifts he's given you with whatever abilities and opportunities given you mr vaka you're welcome thank you very much david could you please just share with us how how did you get saved what happened well mm. it's a, it's quite a story uh, how the lord led me uh, first of all i grew up in a christian home mm. a very good christian home and uh, i learned through Sunday school, through uh, church, everything from my parents. Mm. Jesus loves me. Mm. God is love. Mm. And, uh, but a turning point in my life was at age 12, my best friend, his name was Billy, he was my, my cousin, was killed in a very tragic farming accident. He was driving a tractor which overturned into a ditch and he was pinned in the mud at the bottom under the water and was killed and, and drowned. As a little 12-year-old boy, I couldn't reconcile in my mind, God is love, mm. Jesus loves you. Mm. And then he killed my best friend, Billy, an innocent 12-year-old boy. I, I began to, to think that my parents, my pastor, my Christian school teachers, they were all lying to me because certainly God is not love, because a loving God does not do this. And I began to rebel. Uh, I began to think they were all liars. Uh, I began to just rebel against everything and anything. I began at a young age, age 13, 14, to drink. I first began drinking uh, beer. Then I began to drink straight whiskey. Mm. By age 14, 15, I was a teenage alcoholic. Oh. Smoking cigarettes, a, a full pack of cigarettes every day. My parents would bring the pastor to come and counsel. They, they called me Little Petey. Mm. <laughs> it was my name. Don't call me that yeah, now. I that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the pastor would come and, and talk with little Petey, the Sunday school teacher would come and talk with little Petey, the, the Christian school teacher would come and counsel with little Petey. And I was a very polite young man and I would nod and I would listen politely and they would leave and I would go on living like the devil anyway. Mm. Very stubborn and rebellious young man. Finally, at age 16, my parents didn't know what else to do. Mm. Uh, they decided to send me away uh, from Canada where I was living to Florida in the U.S. Mm. to a Christian boarding school mm. named Hamden DuBose Academy. Mm. And uh, I didn't want to go. I was forced to go. I even had to work all summer long to earn the, the money for the tuition mm. to go to a school I didn't want to go to. Mm. Well, I, I arrived there 
in September of 1970, the first week of September. An alcoholic, addicted to alcohol and addicted to cigarettes. Oh, it was a tough, tough time dealing with these addictions and we were going to chapel every day at school was chapel and then uh, in the evening they had something uh, they called vespers mm. never heard of that evening service called vespers mm. uh, so it was going to basically to church twice a day then on sunday we went three times a day what? on sunday we went had morning service mm. afternoon service mm. and evening service well for the first time in my life, I saw other teenagers mm. my age mm. who claimed to be Christians and there was something different about them. Me, I was full of anger, fear, hatred, cursing God. Mm. They had a peace, a quietness, an inner joy and, mm. and happiness, which I longed for. I was so jealous of them. But all of these preachers that came, they were all preaching the gospel. And you know one funny thing? Mm -hmm. Every one of them was looking directly at me. I began to think someone at the school must be yeah. tipping off these preachers mm -hmm. and say, that boy there, you need to preach at him. <laughs> and I'm sure that wasn't the case, but mm -hmm. it seemed like it to me. Mm -hmm. And finally, after three weeks, the third week of September 1970. The Lord got through to my heart. I knelt down by the edge of my bunk and I just began to cry and pour my heart out to the Lord and said, oh God, can you ever forgive me? I've hated you, I've cursed you, I've railed against you, but deep down inside, God, I know you love me. Can you ever forgive me? Please, forgive me and, and be my savior. Mm. Well, for the first time in my life, I just felt that peace of God flooding into my soul. Mm. Mm. Uh, what a changed man. I no longer had that, that burden of that anger and, and mm. that rebellion and, and that hatred. Mm. And, and it was calm and peaceful and I was at peace with God. A child of God now. A child of God. It was fantastic. Mm. Let me ask another question here, Mr. Mm -hmm. Bill. Um, I, I know there's something that God did in your life, even after you were saved, between that time and how he called you in ministry. Um, I know he continued to work in your life. Uh, would, you, would you be kind enough to share with us God's working in your life between the time you now are saved and, uh, and, and, and uh, when he calls in ministry, was everything smooth? How, how did it go? No, you know, unfortunately, I mm. think I'm a stubborn man at heart. Mm. I'm a terrible sinner at heart. Mm. I was at age 16 mm. when God called me to himself and, mm. and I received him as my savior. Mm. The next school year, uh, I was 17 and a half years old. It was the same thing. Every preacher that came to that school mm. this year was now preaching about missions mm. and that we should all be missionaries. And again, I think somebody at the school tipped them <laughs> off about me because mm. they were all looking directly at me. Mm. And I began to realize 
I think the Lord is calling me to be a missionary. Mm. Oh, that's pretty exciting. You know, missionaries get to go to all different places yeah, around yeah, the world yeah. and live exciting lives mm. and wonderful things. And, and then I remembered a woman who graduated from our school. Her name was Elizabeth Elliot. Mm. She went with her husband to the jungles of the Amazon. And her husband and four other men were speared to death on a sandbar. You knew Elizabeth Elliot? I didn't know her. Mm. She was a graduate oh, from our school. school. But school. they yeah. frequently spoke about her because she was a famous yeah. missionary yeah. coming from our school. Jim Elliot and Nate Saint. Nate Saint, yeah. Roger uh, Udarian and uh, others. And I began to think about that and I, I began to say, well, you know, this missionary thing can be dangerous. Yeah. It, you, you could get killed doing that. Mm. So, in my little 17 and a half year old mind, I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make up another plan. Mm. I don't like God's plan. Mm. Uh, I'll go off to university. Mm. I'll study uh, psychology. Mm. I'll become a Christian psychologist mm. and I'll spend my life helping people through life's problems. Mm. I didn't ask God's permission, that, that was my plan, and I just went about doing my own plan, mm. because my plan was, of course, mm. better than God's plan. That was foolish thinking, right? <laughs> mm. Well, I, I went off to university, I married my uh, high school sweetheart, mm. Betty, and, uh, well, you know, when you're running away from God's plan, it, things don't normally go yeah. too well. It wasn't long and the devil once again began to attempt me with those same sins that had enslaved me before. Mm. And I began to smoke again, began to drink. Mm. And it wasn't long and I was an alcoholic yeah. once again. Ladies and gentlemen, there's more to Mr. Peter Wakai's story. What part of his story encourages you most so far? Share with us in the comments below. Like I said, there's more coming up next week. I'll ask you to pray for God to bring us more friends to support the ministry of Word of Life in Rwanda. I'm currently meeting people and just sharing the vision of what God can do considering all that He has done. Just pray that these meetings will be fruitful. If you'd like to support the ministry of Word of Life in Rwanda, send me a note to my email davidtubidye at wol.org That is davidtubidye at wol.org Hope to see you next week.